morning. Welcome back to the second hour of Love Baths, Love Talk. I'm delighted this morning. Welcome back, Professor Thomas Allen Harris. <laughs> How are you, Babs? It's good to be here. It is lovely to see you. And welcome, um, John Cesare. John Cesare Goff. John is actually not on yet, but John's father, uh, Reverend Goff, is, is, is here. Oh, hello, Reverend Goff. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. Oh, I see. I see. Um, uh, John is uh, logging in now. Hello. Welcome. Can you see us? We see and you. Reverend Goff, you're, you're muted. There we go. Hello. Hello. How are you? Well, so you have to get your dad unmuted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to hit the little, uh, the little microphone button. Not the camera, the microphone button. <laughs> I know, Lord, we had to teach our parents how to use the technology. <laughs> no, it's still off. <laughs> like, don't hit the, don't hit the, don't hit the camera button. Hit the, the microphone. I think I might be there. Um, Norma, Nora, can you unmute? Um, let's see if I can. Hey, John. Good to see you. Hey, great to see you. Well, what we'll do is, uh, Nora, if you get, a, if you have a chance, uh, or or uh, Nora or Harry, yes, thank you. Thank okay. you. Now there he'll click back on it. it. There we go. <laughs> okay. So after Sherman, so I've been reading all I can about the about the film, um, and and I, I think I have a clear, I think I have a better understanding of of, of what it is. So it. It seems like it is a homage to a, to the Geechee culture through history, through a father and a son um, that takes that that sort of tells us that our history as Black people in this country is unfinished. I don't know. Am I am I close to what the I'll way you wanted that, people to think about yeah, that? That works. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you tell me about this film, John. Okay, now they both gone. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I know it's a it's a technological challenge. All right, so Professor Thomas, you tell me what is your relationship to this film? Sorry, well, sorry. Well, it's all right. I kept defaulting to my um, earplugs. I get it. <laughs> all right. So I'll let John John start, and I can talk a little bit about. It. Well, I'm you know John um, uh, Goff and and his father Reverend Goff are coming to um, to New Haven to uh, show the film um, uh, next next week Monday evening, and that's Monday the twenty I believe it's Monday the twenty sixth um, as part of um, a co. Uh, co-sponsored event between the Yale School of Divinity, mm -hmm. of which Reverend Goff is an alum, and also uh, my class, um, Family uh, Narratives, Cultural Shifts. And so we've been working on bringing this uh, illustrious team with this amazing story for about six months. So I'm really glad that they're going to be coming, and we wanted to let the local community know about it. And so uh, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let John tell you what after sherman is about yeah babs i actually i love your um synopsis it's a it's an unfinished story of american history told through 
um, the lens of my family and, and the folks in the low country. And so what originally I set out to be just my own creative um, expression and homage to this place that um, my father has told me throughout my life is my home place, despite actually being born in Connecticut <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and having to navigate sort of that throughout my life. <laughs> but but really, it's the, it's the journey of, of, of just um, honoring community, honoring faith, honoring, um, you know, our, our ancestry as um, descendants of, you know, West African people. Okay, so who had the idea first? Was it was it Reverend Golf or was it you to sort of capture this this story, this part of history? <laughs> it definitely wasn't my dad. <laughs> I, I was think he, was uh, he your reluctant partner? <laughs> no, he was a willing partner. <laughs> we 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 had many interviews over the years. It was an eight year process, and I'm pretty sure I interviewed him no less than. 16 times but every conversation was an interview was a preparation for you know this film okay all right so so tell me how did it how how, how did you know where to start and reverend golf um how eager were you to participate in this process well first of all i was more than happy to uh participate because i thought it was a worthwhile uh project which i'm very proud of uh, john Cesare and seen this through as he journeyed uh, throughout the history of his family, uh, starting with my parents and great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents, over 150 years of having uh, not only property in South Carolina, but most certainly the history. This, this film, uh, after Sherman allows uh, individuals to look through the window pane of history of Black Americans in the low country in South Carolina, but it's a, it's, a, it's a microcosm of what takes place throughout the Americas. And that is uh, one lived history to be shared and to gain uh, insight and knowledge as we prepare a uh, present generation uh, for the future and to understand uh, one's history in order to make progress for the future. Oh, I love it. So. So, you know, um, John, you grew up hearing these stories. Was there any time in your life where you're like, you know what, I don't really want to hear another story. <laughs> and then and then what was the moment when you said, you know what, this is my story. Let me let me capture this. I, I think it was almost the inverse. I grew up listening to the voice of my grandmother and other people in the community. And when my grandmother um, passed, I recognized that sort of this tonal quality was leaving um, the earth that, and, and, and I really wanted to, I, re I took photos of my grandmother, but I, I really wanted to start recording um, voices of people. And start, so I started working with my cousin Bunny, our cousin Bunny Rodriguez, who, who's a Gullah Uman, uh, was a folklorist and, um, culturalist um in her in her own right and um and I, I wanted to 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 record this because I knew it wouldn't be around forever. Mm -hmm. so, and Gullah and Gullah the Gullah culture and the experience and the language and the tone and the music that is very um specific. Like you know it when you hear it, at least 
for a lot of black folks who know folks in the South. You know it when you hear it. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, we used to laugh at people. like, oh, you geechee, geechee, geechee. But as I've grown up, I realized um, that it is it is as close to the uh, African diaspora as we are ever going to get in this country in terms of a culture that is preserved from beginning to to now. Um, how does that make you feel? Or do you think of it that way? Or how do you imagine the culture staying uh, relevant and protected? Well, I, I think everything we've been told is almost a lie because, um, you know, the, the written histories that were disseminated weren't necessarily the truth. And, and people forget that there is an unbroken chain of memories, you know, that th there are, you know, traditions um, that, you know, may not look like what the Western world honors as being encyclopedic, but, you know, certainly deep, deep knowledge. And, you know, it comes through the lens and prism of faith. Like um, I had a friend, a theologian who used to joke that, you know, everything we consider American Christianity has been touched by Africanisms, has been touched by the presence of Black people in America and transformed it. It is no longer the same, you know, like that spirit, that shout, that praise, that's something that's uniquely um, through the African spirituality that, you know, we retained and shared with others we came in contact with. So Professor Allen, how do you, how do you, how do you teach this? How do you share this part of our, our culture and history in the classroom. How do you tell people about, how do you tell students about um, there's this community of people? It's a very small community, I, I imagine. Uh, how, do you, how do you remind people that this is important? Well, you know, the class uh, that I teach um, that uh, uh, um, uh, the film is, is a part of this semester is called Family Narratives, Cultural Shifts. So it's looking at filmmakers who mine their family archives and stories to shed light on larger social movements. And so part of the class is looking at films and the ways in which filmmakers tell the story, mine their archives. And, and I have to say, you know, the, the, um, the archives that, that John and his family and Reverend Goff has generated and preserved have just been amazing and the way in which John has interwoven these personal uh, family archives with larger public stories, both archives he's found, it's just you know, really poetic. It's, it's, it's a journey that, that not only takes you into a, a kind of personal history, a regional history, uh, uh, but also a national and a, and a universal kind of story of the poetics of this particular place and this particular journey. And that's what's really exciting. And I try to get my students to actually engage in those similar kinds of journeys through a series of blogs that happen over the course of the, uh, of the year. And they also go into all these different archives and reblend their own family archives, their family photographs with public archives. And so it's a very generative kind of experience. And, um, and they can see in this experience that how deeply they're connected with other people who both look like them and share personal story and who don't look like them and you know that they didn't necessarily think they shared anything with you know and 
And I have to share a personal story um, in terms of this particular film, After Sherman. And that is, yeah, and this is something that, you know, John and I have known one another, you know, for, um, for almost a decade, I think. And, you know, we've, we were even in Brazil together at the uh, Afro-Brazilian Film Festival, which I think you should definitely, sh you know, share this film with if you haven't already submitted it. But, you know, I didn't know about the, you know, intensity of the Gullah Geechee history. And, you know, my grandmother comes from uh, Santee. And, you know, mm -hmm. she left when she was 10 years old. And when she left, she left Mother uh, Emmanuel Be A.M.E. Bethel Church, Emmanuel A.M.E. Church, and moved to New York and joined First Bethel A.M.E. Church, which goes back to the 1800s. And so, so, um, so I had this relationship with, but you know, but I, but the conditions, I didn't have a chance to really interview her about her past, and and the little bit I did, she refused to talk. She never went back to after leaving, you know, uh, we never went back to South Carolina, to Charleston. And um, uh, with the exception of one time after my grandfather died, just before she died, and, and none of the family went back. And so there's a little, there's trauma around that. And so to see this film and, you know, and to, I, you know, I see this film, but I'm also like loving the fact that the film celebrates food you know, and um, and uh, all these different cultural kinds of things because it's 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 um it's just it, I'm recognizing certain things. Mm. And uh, there's a cookbook actually, Galakichi cookbook cookbook, and I was reading that cookbook in addition to you know as I'm preparing uh, to receive John and Reverend Goff and uh, at, at Yale for the for the screening and the discussion and realizing how much my grandmother's cooking was uh, Gullah. And so I'm, I'm really anxious to speak with you guys about, you know, these different subtle things, you know, in the film, which is so enriching for me. Um, I, I read a piece that said um, that I guess in the opening of the film, Reverend Goff is, is na narration is at the beginning of it saying there is a birthplace and there is a home place. And uh, Reverend Goff, would you expand on that a little bit? I, I think I know what you mean by that, but I want to hear you clean well, it up for me. <laughs> well, birthplace is most certainly is a linkage between where one was born and where the oral tradition intersects with history, uh, not only through faith, food, and future, in terms of teaching uh, the culture of our people. Which, which shows uh, how one has survived uh, through some traumatic experiences. And there are some things that one should never forget because it allows us uh, to become our better selves. And how do we survive? For people who have survived coming from the motherland to the Americas is a miracle in itself. But when one understands a people of faith, the faith allows us to rise above our circumstances. And I believe that after Sherman can bring about a greater understanding about where we were, where we are, and where we are headed. And that must be an ongoing educational opportunity for all, the young and old alike, so we can bring about with King and others, and many of us call the beloved community that allows us to not only see humans as humans uh, beyond the color line in which we so much identify 
individuals and try to pigeonhole them and how they should behave, what is the projected uh, attitude of ones because one look at one's skin rather than the content of one's character and achievement uh, to bring about transformative positive change. And that, I believe, uh, after Sherman would allow students and those who view it to get an insight in terms of uh, what what makes us uh, the kind of culture and the kind of people that we can celebrate. And just because we celebrate our history and culture does not mean that we will negate others, but most certainly we should be able to uh, trace our history, celebrate our history, and also plan for the future. I like that. So I, like a lot of people, um, John, I saw High on the Hog, Mm-hmm. And it had a whole segment on the Gullah, Gullah culture. They, you know, the, the, the film took us to the Gullah lands and we saw people and we, we saw the cooking and we saw the celebration of that. My favorite film of all time is Julie Dash's um, Daughters of the Dust, which I still revere as the most beautiful film ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I, do you feel like there is uh, an, a growing awareness or a desire to to understand this culture and to protect this culture? Um, I think there's a growing awareness, but it's, it's connected to the larger search for identity. You know, um, I, Thomas, um, Professor Harris touched on it. You know, my dad talked about it in terms of like these linkages of um, community. Um, and and so I, it's, um, <laughs> It's really the fact that over, you know, 60% of Africans arriving to America came through the port of Charleston. So that means the majority of people who are descendants of enslaved Africans in America are, in one way or another, connected to Gullah Geechee culture. My mother, born in Ohio, family from Kentucky, other side of her family traced through Alabama back to where? To Charleston, you know? And so there is a retention, there is a commonality, there are shared values, you know, there is culture. And and actually when I was teaching, which was one of my impetuses for making this film, was um, I had a young black woman in my class and a young white man asked her, um, is there even such thing as black culture? And, and she said, no, not not other than food, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I like had wow. to get a tables to intervene you know? <laughs> it's like that's that's the disconnect you know like the, the project of colonialism was successful we know that black people in america are also subject to the you know the ramifications of that project and but but it's not all loss it's all not for not and um you know i just had to go mine a few archives and 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 share them and i think beyond the film beyond the frame of the film the collection of materials that i've gathered the oral histories that were conducted many of them never appearing in the film um create a, a larger repository of, of knowledge that i hope others will be able to access at some point and you know it, it's unbroken it's an unbroken chain julie dash daughters of the dust you know after sherman it's all a continuum so tell me about the title why why the title because I'm a cynic and um, a, a <laughs> and um, I loved um, Ross McAvee's um, Sherman's March 
you know, um, which was heralded as the first commercially successful um, documentary, you know, theatrically re released documentary. And, and it was just beautiful. And, and here he is tracing his lineage and his story, like, you know, sort of aimlessly through the low country and there's one scene with black people and I was just perplexed. I, I love the film. I was just like, man, how do you manage not to see no black people? I'm like, all I see are black people. It, you know, it's, the, the county was over 85% black. So it's like, you know, like that, especially in the 80s. And so like that part of it, you know, like it's like we got to color in the rest of the frame and in the rest of the picture. You know, it's not just that which has been um, able to be, you know, composited and shared and packaged as a, as a film. Mm. So I, go ahead, Reverend. Uh, let, me, let me say this just for a moment. Mm -hmm. I think also the documentary uh, calls into question for one to uh, have critical thinking. Uh, it raises questions that needs to be answered uh, individually and collectively and as a community. It also forces those who happen to be in the academy uh, where you have the uh, participation of, in the arena of ideas and to make sure that one can reaffirm that which we may think, but we need to bring some academic scholarship to make sure that we provide an opportunity for others who follow us or who are participating with us in creating a table where everyone has a seat to share uh, experiences that allows us to have a more comprehensive presentation of what our history really is and that is not uh, subtracted by subtracted from by those who have the ability to write or publish information for the wider community. I think it's it raises questions that need to be answered. And the way I believe that the classes that is being taught at Yale with the professor and this film allow students uh, to engage in that kind of educational pursuit to ask questions, even if they don't come up with an answer right away, but they can strive uh, to um, receive answers from others and from themselves. Mm. Right. And Professor Harris, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that's actually been the biggest criticism of the film is that I didn't answer American racism <laughs> or, or like, why is there what? American domestic terrorism <laughs> or white supremacy? People are like, why, you didn't solve it by the end of the film? I'm like, did y'all solve it? Because if you do it in 90 minutes, it, it should have been done. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's unresolved. Yeah. It is unsettling. And that's the experience. <laughs> Uh, well, it's still unresolved. I mean, it's unresolved. And, and look where we are. We're having these ridiculous conversations about critical race theory. Right. And it has just people captured people's. Yes, people, it has captured people's imaginations in a ridiculous sort of way. And so, yes, it's still unresolved. And it and it only comes up because we, we have not had these kinds of conversations about, you know, what has happened to enslaved people in this country and to tell the truth about that. So, Professor Thomas, did you have people in your class who had no idea of the Gullah culture? Um, well, you know, we have not had that class yet. That's coming up. So oh, okay. the okay. film is actually showing in the, um, at, at Yale, um, the Humanities Quad Theater um, on Monday. 
And so it's going to be showing on Monday at seven, uh, seven, seven o'clock, and all are welcome. And uh, I'm not sure, Babs, how do we let people know through through the show? Um, I think we. I well, I've posted it up in in our social media site, so it's up. Okay. It's, we have it in on our social media pages. Okay. Okay. So I, I'll try to put it also in the in the link. But the um uh, um the the so the students are going to. It's going to be interesting to see how many students were aware of you know Gullah Geechee culture and not only aware of that but also aware as John mentioned of the way in which it is grounding for black culture you know across the United States and and the origins you know in, in the 90s I went to Brazil because I wanted to experience another way of seeing Africans in the Americas and I was interested in you know, condomble and African retentive kinds of things. And, and so, and it drove me to come back and see and find material that my grandfather shot in Bethlehem Church. And so like when I watch this film, it makes me think about, well, you know, well, what is, you know, my responsibility for going back to, you know, to Charleston, which I've never been to, you know, and, um, and so, so it's, it's very, I'm really looking forward to the conversation that comes out of this experience, you know, in terms of having the film there and the public, um, the public uh, screening, the public Q&A with Reverend Goff, and there's going to be another um, Yale Divinity alum there as well. And um, and both the public, but also the class and, and the class that happens next day. You know, a lot of documentary filmmakers really shy away from spirituality and religion, you know, yeah. except to kind of critique it. And and so this particular film, you know, is embracing spirituality, but also having a, um, and, and, and looking at the, the history. And I think it's it's going to raise a way for us to uh, maybe more of a vocabulary to talk about um, navigating representation with regards to spirit. I mean, I, you know, so as, as, as Reverend Goff said, you know, there's so much um, uh, pain and um, and unanchoredness in in the country in terms of and the world in terms of you know who we are and a relationship to a kind of a grounding within spirituality you know however people uh, choose to make that journey and and i think this film through the poet both through the poetics through the relationship between a, a father and, and a son and and his your mother's also i believe in the film um allows us to begin to look at it in a way that is not dogmatic but in a way that is both questioning and um and and also generative and so i, I think that we we it, i mean it it, it 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 kind of gives us it quenches our thirst basically you know i, so I, I don't think you could talk about that without i mean it makes me think about ebo's landing and the mystery and the history around that and what's truth and what's spiritual, and what's legend. So uh, I, I just find all that kind of stuff fascinating and uniquely black. Like that's such a black kind of vibe. So I love it. So um, John and Reverend Golf, talk to me about when y'all were doing this, how, what was it like to be in conversation with each other about your culture and your history and, 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 and how does Connecticut play in there? <laughs> I mean, I know you were born here, but 
Like, how do you, how do you, how do you add that into the story? Which there's a lot of black people in Connecticut, contrary to, to popular belief, and there's a lot of black people here who have um, Geechee cultural roots. So I will say that. So talk I to thought me about most of the that. black folks in, in, in New Haven were in or in Connecticut had the, a North Carolina relationship. Is it also South Carolina? Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I used to live. Very I used to live downstairs. Used to live upstairs from some folks that were Geechee. Mm. And, Matter of fact, uh, right adjacent to the Yale community, there's a street called Golf Street. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> there, What's there the history is. of that? <laughs> <laughs> and where Bethel Amy Church is, is nearby. Yes, right, <laughs> right across. People. Yes, that's right. <laughs> you know it well. And, and, and the Amy Church as an institution for me, you know, it starts as the Free African Society, you know, and, and, and a greater project and a greater experiment that people don't understand. And, and again, that continuity and that continuum, and that's why we can shout out the Bethels and, and the Mother Bethels and, 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 you know, the Emmanuels and Little Emmanuels, you know, like th there's a reason why they exist. Like it was safe passage, you know, <laughs> it was it was for the protection of women and children, you know, widows and children was the Free African Society because they knew that this country would not take care of them, you know, like that, that they did not care about their loved ones. And so who would do it other than your community and that space in which you also invest and participate in? And so that is why you, you have that, you know, connection from, um, you know, throughout the Carolinas. My, my grandparents actually met in Philadelphia in the 1930s, you know, and moved back to Georgetown. So it's like, this is endless, you know, yeah. and, uh, and folks, were recruited to come to Connecticut, black teachers from HBCUs in the South, yep. primarily exactly. in the Carolinas, to teach an influx of um, black children from the South and, and from the West Indies, you know, and, and that is how you get that, you know, whole generation of folks starting in, you know, with the great migration. Well, one of the, one of the things, of it, <laughs> one of yeah. the things I'd like to point out is you question how was it for uh, father and son to work on a project like this uh, with a sense of pride, uh, knowing that the uh, oral and written tradition is being passed on. Uh, it lives because we are repeating it. Uh, I shall never forget sitting in uh, the office of the governor of the state of Connecticut. His name was Governor O'Neill at the time, and Maynard Jackson came to Hartwick, Connecticut, mm -hmm. and he was sharing the history about how he came from Atlanta uh, to, to Windsor, Connecticut to crop tobacco, and that the tobacco that was cropped out of Windsor, Connecticut was noted for some of the finer tobaccos for cigars. And my point in raising that is, is that because of our culture has expanded throughout the world, we have an opportunity to teach folk who are in high places about their own surroundings and how we have impacted it. And I thought at that moment when uh, uh, Maynard Jackson uh, shared that story in the governor's office, I was saying, hmm, a good teaching moment. Because we all <laughs> and you know, that's that's Reverend King's story, too. He came, yeah. he came up when he was about 16, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. summer he would come and, 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 and work in Windsor in the tobacco fields. Crazy, so, right? 
you along with Professor Harris and John and others whom we impact on our journey through this life have an obligation uh, to share our story and to make sure our voices are heard in a very constructive way that allow folk to learn from our experiences as we will learn from theirs. Mm. I like that very much. Um, so before I let you all go, um, how do we preserve the culture? I mean, I, we talk about preserving the culture, but and we have an obligation to tell these stories. How do we do that? How do we do that in a in the world that is so anti right now? Although the pushback from people of color is we're going to celebrate and we're going to share this stuff. But the pushback is we don't we, want to hear it. We don't want to see it. Even if they don't want to hear it. I, I think even when I preach, even if they don't want to hear it, you still got to preach anyhow until it is not necessary. And I don't see that in the very near future. But the point is, how do we preserve it is through documentary, through uh, classes that are being presented, not only in our HBCUs, but also that larger community. They need to understand in all levels of government and corporate America, uh, our responsibility is to expose them uh, to information that will help them bring about a better uh, community, whether it be corporate uh, in the community in which we live, and to have documentaries, and to have programs like yours, and to continue to write books and to films. We must make sure we preserve that history in our own museums. You know, we need to make sure that our voices are heard in public education, where they're trying to root out all traces mm. of our history. Uh, we must have a voice in making sure that they um, retain that information that can be shared, not just with black and brown students, but white and others who may not have the knowledge of our culture. I like that. So John, before we go, I'm gonna give you the last words. What do you want people to, when they leave this film on Monday or, or wherever it's shown moving forward, what do you want people to take away from this? I know you cannot control, but if you if you could have your way, what, what would you want people to take away from this film? That <laughs> um, that love is a powerful thing and, and, and it, it, it's endless and infinite. And, and, and the love that we find within ourselves has been planted and seeded by many, many generations before. And, and what a blessing it is to, to be a beneficiary of um, that love. Thank you. Thank you, Professor Thomas Allen Harris. It's a pleasure to see you again. You too, Babs. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully we'll see you there as well. I'm going to do my best. Yes, I'm going to do my best. I don't want to miss this. Thank you, Reverend Goff. It is, it is my absolute pleasure to speak with you. And thank uh, you. John, thank you. I can't wait to see this film and, and, and maybe get a few words with you at the, at the, at the screening. If and possible. the screening is going to be uh, screen is beautiful. It's 
beautiful screening, beautiful sound. And so it's going to be, I'm really excited to be able to host this visit with, with John and really give the film like a really beautiful uh, presentation and the discussion, as you could tell, is going to be completely live and, and, and beautiful as well. Well, and thank you all so much. It's a piece of art. It's also, it's also a film. It's a cinematic experience. So, you know, deeper than the themes presented in it, I want people to, you know, love and experience, you know, just the power of that form. Okay. Thank you all so much. You, thank you. I, I'm looking forward to seeing this, and I appreciate your time this morning. Right. Y'all go in thank peace, you. and I will see you all on Monday. Blessing. <laughs> Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good afternoon. All right. All right, Nora, Harry, play me out. I'm on my way. The link is to the on uh, the chat, but it is up on our social media. So I hope people register and come and see this wonderful film. I can't wait to see it. Thank y'all for uh, another great day. Happy Wednesday, y'all. I'm going to go marry some people. I'll see y'all.